0: Now, live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com, welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success together lover of marketing elisa sparks lane from the ellen sparks agency and marketing automation master founder and ceo of think automate grow rich thurman share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow true success comes when you nurture your business body and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen.
1: Good morning. All right, so we've got some returning fun co-host guests. We have Chad in the house. What's up, my friend?
2: Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm, I'm... getting cozy with you today. It's all your right, birthday. we're
1: a little close today. It's all good. And then um, Jennifer Flawless is back. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to change your name today. Is so, your name really flawless? Yes,
3: it is it is for today
2: okay
1: and always
3: and always yeah. and who always. am i kidding how was startup week it was so good they did such an amazing job uh i thought like venue was cool and it was nice it was in one place and kind of cool to see she's adjusting my microphone <laughs> uh, uh yeah so it was great uh the washington Harbor museum is where they did it which was awesome um, and then they, uh, had a great lineup of speakers every day. It was packed. So.
1: And you had, did you have junior speakers too? Did I see that right? Cause I kind of saw some of the like pre baby entrepreneurs. Can we call them that? Like just getting them started in that whole mindset. So
3: that was, I think the weekend or two weekends before they did the cahoots, uh, the youth startup weekend. So it was a big, yeah, it's been a big uh, month for, for startups. Was your daughter a part of that? no she's a year too young so next year i'm gonna
1: does she have the the mommy blood in that that entrepreneur spirit? yeah
3: she has a couple business ideas no kidding yeah yeah so she's been talking to me about this summer we're going to try to do get a little llc for and a website
1: what what industry like what's the so you can you give that out or
3: sure you'll have to sign an nda exactly (laughs) (laughs) and and i'm going to go on right now and get the the domain um she wants to do a business called Garden Grows. She, she's concerned about bees and how, you know, their population's dropping. Wow. So she wants to create little um, gardens that you can put in different places that are pre, pre-made and you just purchase them and you can put them in your backyard or a park or... We're trying to work out the whole, you know, you don't want bees necessarily, you know, swarming, but... Uh, so yeah, so she's got a little, cute little name for it and... So, I know. I'm in. I know. How much? I know, right? I'll let you know. I'll put All you right. on the uh, investor list when we get the absolutely. <laughs> have you talked about Perspect- that with her? Like investing? And, out.
1: Uh, like the whole money piece? Have you talked to her about like? Yeah. So we talked about kind getting of pricing. people to contribute, and mm-hmm.
3: so it was kind of like who do we reach out to to get some capital? Because initial there's a capital outlay, so we're talking about that. So yeah.
1: Now is this for profit or is she thinking nonprofit?
3: That's a great question. I don't know that we've had that conversation yet. Uh, hmm. she's pretty, uh, she, she's pretty money driven. So I imagine initially it's for profit, but she's also, you know, kind of trying to figure out how to work within a community and, um, help people. So could hmm. go either way. Yeah. Well, it's
1: funny because today's subject is all about nonprofit I know, and we happening. also have someone that was at startup week. So did you speak Christina or were you part of the...
4: No, not this year. I helped. um, I was also at CAHOOT's weekend and then the startup week and weekend. And, um, yeah, I also got a chance to see some of the amazing sessions. And um, I was just thinking as you were talking about that I worked with some of the the younger entrepreneurs and the startup weekend and and introducing and telling them about the new benefit corporation, you know, which is a for-profit where you can have – Uh, social impact as part of your your mission or your purpose so you can devote part of your your profit to Mm -hmm. go towards that so that's it's a need to start introducing that and and telling people that there's kind of an in-between that they can choose
1: the social impact so what is that tell us more because that that I've never heard before
4: so there's a the benefit corporate the benefit corporation status that got approved about three years ago um, different states have different legislation. That was just what was approved in Arizona. SeedSpot was a big part of that. There were some other organizations. And and um, so that would just be, in, instead of being a C-Corp or an S-Corp, you, um, you have legal protection to make social impact as sort of part of your mission and purpose. You, uh, like Ben and Jerry's or Burt's Bees, where they devote uh, 10 to 15 percent of their revenue towards political activism or environmental awareness, um, but yet they're, they're making a viable product on their own. Um, the other part is certified B corporations. Um, we have nine of them in Arizona. That's one thing I'm really working on with my businesses to help build that. Uh, and, and B corporation now really uh, has kind of partnered with the benefit corporation status where you actually have to become a benefit corporation once you become a certified B corporation. But that's a whole uh, network of uh, organizations that are devoted towards social and environmental good, and uh, it's kind of a, a way to have third-party accountability.
1: So you help people from start to finish with when it comes to nonprofits, right? Do you have partners, and also you can also consult with them and kind of figure out which direction is the best one for them to take, which is a great space to be because we've been talking about creating the Marketing Money Mind Show to be a nonprofit. Yeah. So if someone were interested, like, what would be the first steps to do?
4: Um, so if they're interested in sort of figuring out if they want to become for a profit or nonprofit or.
1: Yeah. And I guess the space is kind of fun because I think when you start thinking about it, there's so many questions you don't even know to ask. Yeah. But what is like the first step, which you say, like if someone's like, you know, has a business or maybe even Jennifer's daughter, like right. even wondering, should this be profit and profit? Right. And is there profit within the profit? So is right. there positions and like, you don't know what to, to ask. Well,
4: um, I mean, the, the, the mindset is changing where it's not about nonprofit or for-profit. You're going to see that. It's really about creating an impact. And then it's like, okay, well, how, you know, every, every business, even if it's a nonprofit, has to have a value proposition, has to have a way that it's going to make money. And that's, that's really one of the things I work with with nonprofits is even if it's only 10% of your revenue, you need to have some way that you're making money. So if they have a viable product, but they say, you know what, I want to do good, though, or they say, you know, I don't really know how I'm going to make money. It's, it's like, okay, well, if you go nonprofit, which is a lot more work, there's a lot more um, regulation with it, but you do have that tax exempt status. You can get money from corporations and foundations, um, you know, and you can go the traditional route of fundraising. So that's a, that's a great way to go. You just need to be well informed of everything that's going to evolve. You can also go the direction of having a business, and you can, you can incorporate conscious capitalism principles or you can become a certified b corporation or become a benefit corporation and have that legal status so there's some things that you can do if you say you know what impact is really why i'm doing this but um but i, I still have a standard you know a, a complete revenue model Well, i i will be able to make money on my own so it's just figuring out i think where the money is coming from and where your heart is and do you want it to be your whole mission everything that you do or do you want it to make do you want it to have social impact as part of making money Awesome.
1: And today we also have Anthony Garcia in the house. So you actually got connected through Bria, who's also been on the show. And um, how do you know the group? Um, well, Those fascinating people in the world.
5: Yeah, I, I work, uh, my wife and I own uh, Club Red over in Mesa, which is a, uh, a medium-sized venue in the, in the Valley. And uh, we also work with, uh, with Paul Sokol, um, I'm not, I don't know if you're, you're familiar with Paul Sokol. But yeah, he's remember, actually been on this show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So you're familiar with his charity. Uh, uh, we do a couple of charity events a year with him, donating some of the uh, bar sales and, and uh, giving 100% of the door to the found, uh, foundation. I think it's called uh, Keep the Children Rocking. Um, and uh, just talking with him about my ideas on nonprofits, on uh, getting money. And the problem with some of the pro- nonprofits that I've seen with my own nonprofit. Um, what is your nonprofit? It's uh, touring across America. Um, it's a, uh, a, a nonprofit that my wife and I started after we went on our honeymoon, a uh, 5,000 mile r- motorcycle ride across America. Whoa. Um,
1: Wait, that was your honeymoon? Yeah, that was our honeymoon.
5: Get out. No, we drove from here all the way up the coast of California into Seattle, across Idaho, Montana. Jennifer, you taking notes?
3: I am. Um, (laughs)
5: Then back down south. I
3: think that sounds awesome. I mean, I don't know. I probably would have been like, this is our honeymoon and when we got divorced. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fun week. (laughs) So true.
1: (laughs) You need a helmet
5: on that one for sure. (laughs) But it gave us an idea. Is uh, While we were out there, every time we stopped for gas or every time uh, we stopped for the night, uh, people just would come up to us and talk about our motorcycle and where we were from and we'd do the same. Um, and I think that's something that, uh, that maybe used to happen. It doesn't happen too much anymore with the interstate highway. People are just want to get to their destination, Disneyland, uh, Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. Disney World, and they're forgetting what's in the middle. And
1: so you're uh, saying it doesn't happen as much as people relating to one another, or yeah. yeah. What do you think that's about? I um, have my theory, it's social media, but whatever. Uh,
5: it's definitely about attention <laughs> deficit. Um, you know, Chad, people, did you hear that? <laughs> people just want to—they want to get there, and they forget that the journey is part of the. Yeah, there's no getting there. Exactly. You're there. Mm-hmm. So we want to get people off the highway. We want to interview people and uh, document the living history um, of the United States. Wow.
1: Okay. So how did this turn into the nonprofit then? What's what's well, the connection
5: there? Well, because uh, on January first, two thousand nineteen, we are going to drop everything for one year and ride our motorcycles with our dogs um, to all 50 states. how many dogs? We have three dogs, two pits, and a Dachshund. Do they have their own motorcycle? What's going on here? Uh, Explain we, this. We're building a <laughs> custom sidecar no um, way. with you know, all the, uh, you know, the dog bowls and the beds and everything like that so they can live in there. Um, and your
1: wife's live. full agreement on this?
5: Oh, yeah. It's partly, mostly her idea.
1: All right, so. and so okay, you're you're raising awareness. Obviously, that's that's big. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, where is the charity? Like, what's what's the give back?
5: Well, um, it's it's not really a charity. It's just a nonprofit, um, and it's it again. It's to to raise awareness. Uh, we're going to be writing a book, um, and it's to get people to again get off the roads. But one of the biggest things, uh, I actually, I digress. Uh, the charity would be. A lot of the museums and historical sites that are dependent on charitable donations, we're going to be raising awareness and uh, having contacts to those, uh, those sites on our website and featuring them in our vlog and on our website to be able to, to help them preserve the history.
1: And how are you getting the word out between now and January? Right now
5: it's, it's pretty much social media, but we're going to be taking advantage of uh, some of our upcoming sponsors um, and donators. We're dealing right now with Harley Davidson, Eagle Rider, um, and uh, coming up on Bike Week, we're going to be doing a big push. We're going to have a, uh, a booth here in Scottsdale uh, to hopefully make contact with vendors, people that want to support what we're trying to do.
1: Wow. What, how much are you looking to raise?
5: We figure the whole trip's going to cost us somewhere around $100,000.
1: All right, Chad is um, my go to when it comes to ideas, and I'm wondering what's going on with him because he seems quiet, but that usually something's coming up. So, Chad, any ideas on how to get this even further out? Because I know you always have something.
2: His idea? Yeah. Well, um, I mean, community is everything, right? So, nonprofit, we typically don't donate any type of money. Uh, to any organization that we don't have some kind of emotional or physical attachment to, right? So like when you turn on the TV, you see the kids in Africa, you know, for a certain percentage of our population that pulls at our heartstrings, we'll give some money, or we see the dogs or whatever. But we have a tendency to, you know, everybody asks for money, right? So you go on Facebook, you've got all the ability to raise money on Facebook. But typically, people don't give money to you unless they know you or have some kind of, personal relationships. So I could see you building some kind of tribe with fellow bikers um, where maybe people could join you on your journey. So like they may not do all 365 days with you, but boy, if you've got 50 destinations that you're gonna be hitting, uh, why not put some kind of tribe meeting together at every single one of those destinations, put it on Facebook, do an event attached to a fundraising page, let people donate to your cause, but then when they get there, have have some kind of rally, you know, maybe find a museum, like, you know, if you're on your way to Winslow or whatever, find the museum in Winslow to host it, you know, so they can help you get the word out, have a cause, let people know that you are raising money, not just for yourself to put money in your pocket because nobody's gonna necessarily wanna do that, but if they know that uh by putting money in your pocket and putting money in that museum's pocket they're more apt to give. So if you can build some kind of tribe where and this could be huge for you. This could be an inter, this could be just like this could like change your life. You know, if you got 50 destinations that you're going to do in a year or maybe even 100 destinations that you're going to do in a year, you map it all out, put a date, time, find a venue to host you and then they promote the hell out of that thing and then you go there, you show up, you your wife and your, you know, herd of dogs hopefully you got them spayed neutered so you don't have more dogs on the way because that would be bad and you know having puppies in a little sidecar but uh, yeah you you literally you could literally build an entire tribe build a movement uh, and you know press releases in every town that you go to uh, you know document it with you got a little thing called an iPhone I would buy a gimbal I don't know if you know what a gimbal is but I'd buy a gimbal and I literally would have my phone on 24 7 365 Recording stuff. Part of your money, I'd maybe raise a hundred and fifty thousand, and hire uh, hire a video guy to put it all together because people eat that kind of stuff up. So you, it's even you get picked up from a reality TV show, or or you can make your own reality TV show online. So that's what I would do. Is I would I try to figure out how to how to take social media and maximize it to its you know to its impact.
5: Yeah, we. Uh,
3: Boom Shakalaka, man! You weren't kidding. He's over there. He's a sleeper over there. <laughs>
2: You're not.
5: Never mind. I not say it. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> uh, we've looked into uh, uh, Airbnb, um, and then also have contacted GoPro um, to help us with uh, our our vlog and to do that. Uh, but I appreciate the uh, the the insight on on something. We had a kind of idea on uh, setting meetings up and 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 doing that. Uh, to help us raise money. Um, but it's more about, uh, like we want to keep it moving. You know, it's, it's one year, which sounds like a long time, but that leaves us less than two weeks in each state. In some States like Alaska, Montana, Texas, you know, we're going to have to have a full month in. Um, so we, we, we want to keep just moving and it has to be about the ride and meeting people along the way. Um, and not necessarily uh, having a set meeting place. We're kind of just taking it as we go. Um, we, we really want to have uh, all the money raised ahead of time. So I don't know if there's uh, uh, any insight you have on, on doing that. Uh, we thought we were just going to uh, basically talk to vendors and people in the motorcycle community around Arizona and
2: yeah, so um, I'm assuming you have your own bike. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I maybe start with the brand of your bike. Harley. Harley. Okay. And so you know, uh, you know, would they be willing to, you know, put up a hundred grand to help you over the course of a year? Hundred thousand dollars Harley davidson is nothing. You know, would they be willing to give a hundred thousand dollars? You know, if they were a sponsor, or maybe two hundred thousand dollars if they were a sponsor of some kind of thing. So they'd give you a hundred grand, maybe have another hundred thousand dollars for production. You know. Or if they knew that you, you were being followed, or you had can't you had footage and stuff like that, where they would have a entire thing because uh, everything in our, in our society, and you guys know this because it's all like we go to that cahoots thing you guys were talking about that that uh, startup week. Mm-hmm. That's all about tribe building. Mm-hmm. You know, not, nothing ever happens in our society any longer without building some kind of tribe where people know you, love you, follow you. Um, that's just that's just society. And the nice thing is, is the biker community is incredibly tight. You know. Um, it's incredibly tight. So I I, I would love you know, it, you know if I were doing it you know if I, if I were like your coach your business coach or whatever and I had to raise a hundred grand, you know I'm I'm finding a hundred venues around the, the country that I'm going to go to over the course of a year that, with the goal of twenty five hundred that they would need to raise twenty five hundred bucks. You're going to get a thousand. They're going to get the remainder, you know of everything that you do. So if they raise twenty grand, and they made nineteen or whatever. And uh, I'm trying to find me a sponsor like maybe like a Harley Davidson or. You know, and you can think of all kinds of things. I mean, how many, um, you know, h- how many types of products, uh, if you're looking for sponsors, like how many types, like T-shirts, you know, how many types of product, like could you ha- get, Prince kind of got a T-shirt that you could sell with like every city that you're going to be going on, you know, on the back of your shirt, like well, the Rockers do, that type of thing. But so you, c- you can find sponsors, but I just sort of think that's old school. You know, new school is building tribes because if you can get, you know, if you can get 5,000 people uh, to give you 20 bucks, you've got 100 grand as opposed to trying to find one person to give you 100 grand that's a little more difficult so i don't i, I don't uh, i mean you, you guys obviously have your, your your plan and your idea and your concepts i think if you're going to try to raise it all before you go you're going to you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to seek out sponsorship you know but if you can if you can seek out and say okay we need enough money to get through our first 30 or 60 days okay so you know take 100,000 divided by 52 so i need 4 grand to get through my first month or two if i need that can I get an Airbnb to sponsor our, our stay so we don't have, you know, reduce lodging? You know, uh, you may at least be able to get on the road for 60 days with enough money in your pocket with a contingency that you're going to raise more as you go. So, I mean, I don't, know if I, I don't know if that helps you or not, but that's probably what I would do if you were coming to me and saying, hey, here's our idea, here's what I want to do, here's how we want to raise money, here's how we want to impact people. Because uh, anytime you can attach something super fun like that with a cause, I think that would be awesome. Is there any national, are there any international causes that hardly... Uh, Supports right now? Um, they, I have
5: looked. They they probably wouldn't be interested in the sponsorship of something that we're doing. Um, they do mostly education, um, and, like safety education and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's very difficult to get a sponsorship from Harley-Davidson Corporation. It's a lot easier, in my opinion, and we've talked to Desert Wind Harley-Davidson. I'm getting ready to go talk to Scottsdale Harley-Davidson. Um, It's a lot easier to get uh, sponsorships or money from the individual franchisees. Um, But the biggest thing that I've been told is that we've got to have followers. We've got to, on our social uh, media, we've got to have an audience before they're willing to put money out there. Well, Um, that's definitely
1: uh, one of Chad's... Expertise. What were you going to say? Jennifer? Oh are,
3: well, uh, Christiana, I was just wondering: are these are those the types of things? our companies that when you start to look at social responsibility or engaging on that kind of level, are there are there companies other than these big names where they would be interested in potentially making that a part of their nonprofit um, kind of program or strategy?
4: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's I mean, that's, that's kind of the way that business has been. Is um, hopefully they're doing it for the right reasons, but you know, they make either have a private foundation or they have, um, you said, education. They probably have, you know, a couple different initiatives that they'll, that they'll volunteer to, and um, sometimes they're open towards people soliciting them, but a lot of times they'll have sort of their own ways um, that, they, that they give back, and um, it also really helps their marketing and PR.
3: How, how would you typically recommend that somebody go about engaging with a company on that level? Like is it you want to send them a proposal, you want to engage on social media, you want to meet them at a networking event? How, how, what's the best way to go about trying to capture some of that if you're a small nonprofit?
4: I think it's researching um, the company, looking at um, specifically what their – they usually have some sort of clause that will say what their initiatives are that they donate to. And, um, you know, sometimes you – a lot of times you're going through the, the PR um, aspect, so you would contact someone in PR and – And um, I I would say first, it's just like when you research grants, usually you call up the funder and uh, tell them your situation and say, hey, would you be interested? And then from there you can submit a proposal and then from there you would submit a more detailed letter.
1: You mentioned the safety piece too, like that's something that they're very involved in and I'm I'm like looking out for the dogs right now, but... Like that could be something that can be added to the press release where it's something that you're creating a, a difference in this community. But also having that safety component being something that really is a high value. I mean, because you want to be safe for the dogs. You want to have safety for yourself and your family and for others on the road. So that could be something that actually reaches out.
3: Plus, I think the dogs have their own vlog, man.
1: Oh, dog
3: vlog travels. That's OK, now awesome. that's turned into
1: a whole new show. We're actually going to take a break and then we'll come back to that.
0: Let me ask you a question. Do you want to double the size of your business? This is actually what we do at Think Automate Grow. With our 73-point automation checklist, you can operate your business with possibilities using proven strategies and automation technology. Download your free 73-point automation checklist at thinkautomategrow.com checklist urban garage gym is all about shaping and transforming bodies of all ages and health levels we believe fitness isn't a group sport and more importantly that a fitness plan shouldn't fit everyone urban garage gym fitness for the individual one unique body at a time
1: Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it, we all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA approved UltraShape Power for powerful fat burning. The UltraShape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless. No downtime. And you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn
4: more.
0: to marketing money mindset the place where clever marketing creating money and the conscious mindset intersect with your hosts Elisa Sparks Lane and Rich Thurman
1: Welcome back so when i was um putting this show together actually i thought about one quote from Gandhi it's the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others and um it's one of those things that really calls me in because I love giving and I love service for others and I just get my my heart gets full and I think that's what actually propels me to do the show and just to get up in the morning sometimes but um, I wanted to bring this back to more of the logistics behind all of this and the nonprofit. And I know that's your world where I know we, we talked about where to start but if someone really wants to get you know some coaching and some some real answers to questions what's the best way to reach you at this point?
4: Um, I'm just my, my Facebook page, uh, my Twitter, Instagram, uh, I've had up for a while. So it's think outside the box LLC and you can send me, uh, an email that way. It's, uh, Christiana, K R I S T I A N A dot Fox at think outside the box LLC. That's probably the best way. And then my website is just, uh, should be up in the next, should be up today or tomorrow.
1: And what got you started in this space?
4: Well, it was really it's it's been sort of a long journey i went from from business to nonprofit and now i'm sort of walking the line between both and I think it was for a lot of people it was uh, just wanting a life of impact and purpose. you sort of take experiences and suffering and hardships that you have and then you you connect it to other people and you realize okay that's that's why I'm here so you just sort of um, and sort of uh, uh evolution also of my faith and, and um, just living, living very differently instead of living from my ego, wanting to live a very conscious life more for my soul. And that's where um, my business has kind of come about. I love that. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: It kind of reminds me of Chad in a way, because he came from another industry. Do you want to mention that? Because that's not usually something you talk about too much, but, and he also does stand up, which I don't even know if everybody knows, but that's kind of like nonprofit giving back to the
2: Community in a Depends way. Depends on how good you are. Yeah, jokes giving back to the community. Like, yeah, being the brunt of, uh, like, oh my gosh, that guy sucked. <laughs> yeah. Making everybody feel better about themselves, but the wrong way. Yeah. So, yeah, so um, I don't know exactly what you want me to share, but uh, the, I mean, I came from one industry and, and took the knowledge and information and systems that I learned from one industry and applied it to the other. You know, I was, I was in the church space, so I was a pastor for 19 years. Uh, where you know you work with you know all different types of people, giving hope and inspiration, and um, you know, and to me, uh, I just didn't want to be a pastor of a church. I wanted to help people and provide hope and inspiration in a, the least judgmental way possible. And what I noticed was was a lot of these churches, which are all nonprofits, um, you know, they all had a mission, but they were way off mission. And so what I did was I, I came in with my consultant mindset and I help them get back on mission, which is one of the big things that you got to do in nonprofit because so many nonprofits have a mission and then, you know, but you know, we just chase stuff. And then before too long, we're operating, getting income, bringing revenue. And that's so far away from our mission. And so that's what the church did. So we were able to go in, help them, organize them, um, and then get them back on track. And then when I, when I moved to the secular world, um, you want to take the same exact stuff is and so that's why, like on your trip, like I'm talking about, like if, if you had a mission, like, okay, here's what we're trying to accomplish uh, with, our, with our thing. So is the mission you and your wife are looking for, like, a really cool trip? Or is your mission I want to raise awareness? Or is your mission I want to, you know, help dogs? Or is your mission, uh, you know, whatever your mission is, if you can, if you can put that mission uh, as the goal of what you're trying to do, people buy into mission. So just as they buy into a tribe, uh, tri- you know, mission is what brings tribes together. And I learned that in my nonprofit days over 19 years. Now we're able to take that in the secular world and, and help organizations uh, have a mission for what they're trying to do, build a tribe around that mission, raise money, raise awareness hmm. with you know that, that's congruent with their cause. Hmm. So I don't know if that that's what you're looking for, but
4: do you work with any churches? No. Um, but I think I think it's the same well it's a little bit different because churches I think I, I've seen one of the problems with churches is that sometimes they try to act like nonprofits and nonprofits are not always the best at Business, but you're also kind of dealing with the whole God issue, and he's the one in charge. So that's that complicates things as church. But I think there is there is a leadership gap, and you know, in, in terms of nonprofits being on mission, and that's one of the things that I really stress is the push right now is for nonprofits to act to become like businesses. But it's like they take the worst parts of business, so it's like it's like you you got to teach people you keep the heart. There's nothing wrong with having heart, but then you just take the business skills and really incorporate that into like a heart-based, you know, heart-value, servant-based leadership. And that's something I really try to instill with businesses and nonprofits um, to really lead with your, your heart and your head.
3: Is there some um, – so I noticed, like, like for example, at like Cahoots, so they run the co-working space, but then they have a foundation. So that kind of that separation of corporation and charitable arm, is that a, a, a good strategy and a strategy that – you know, companies should be looking at too, so that there's a way to keep the lines from getting too blurry or making sure that there's focus on the charitable piece.
4: It's, or well, nonprofit piece or whatever. So they want I would to call say it. I mean I Cohoots is doing a great job and I think that a lot of uh, companies can do a great job with having a separate foundation. That's one way of doing it. The other way, like we talked about with Harley Davidson in terms of having like education or having different initiatives. Um, So that's called corporate social responsibility. Well, they will have sort of certain initiatives. The new way of business is moving more into becoming a benefit corporation Mm -hmm. or B corporation or becoming a conscious capitalism where it's really infused with the whole mission and the whole heart and soul of the organization, not just a separate foundation or a separate initiative. But they're both good as long as it's not greenwashing and they're not just doing it for marketing and PR, which a lot of times has happened with a lot of corporations nowadays.
1: Do you think that's always strategized into that, or sometimes it just happens because you're just doing what you're doing?
4: I think that people, um, I think that we're seeing a mind, you know, we're seeing consciousness shift and a mindset shift, but I think that people are just very left brain and very, okay, well, here's the mission and here's what we're going to do. And, and it, still, it still comes back to thinking like emotions are hard or kind of weak, or it's not involved with business. And so I think it's really shifting that and saying, no, you really need to, your heart and soul of the organization um, not only is it, is it, you know, is it important to show social impact, but it's really, uh, it's showing that it's really good for financial impact in the long run. So I think, I think it's just part of that consciousness shifting that's going on.
1: It's almost like realizing that there is the opportunity to make money mm-hmm. and yeah. give back. Exactly. And I think there's been this shift where people think that in order to be a nonprofit, you have to be poor. Or you have to be, you know, at that same space, which I think is just not working because it's just not I mean, it's almost like someone starving, trying to give money or food. And it's just not the right thing. I think being abundant means it in all areas and why not have abundance, you know, maybe 200,000 to go on the trip, but be, you know, giving out T-shirts or being, you know, you know, food or driving anything that's actually going to create a a, a bigger momentum and more abundance around in the communities Mm -hmm. that you reach. So I don't know. I mean, it's definitely something that when you're doing that, I think the PR just comes up. It's not something that you're actually trying to drive out.
4: Exactly. That's a huge part of conscious capitalism. So it's just about, um, you know, having the right, like you talk about being mission focused, your mission focused and those things come into play, but rather than it being a marketing or PR initiative of why you do good. And I think in people's minds, I think business is bad. Nonprofit is good. There's a lot of problems in nonprofit. Uh, People always think people are really nice in nonprofit or there's so many problems in nonprofit and and businesses can also be a huge force for good. So it's really about shifting our, you know, our awareness of how we see things.
2: And there's also multiple types. So you have nonprofit, then you have not for profit, and then you have charities. And so, and and there's, there's a distinction between those. And so, cause not every nonprofit is a charity, you know, um, Mm. you know, church, church would be one, you know, uh, they're not a charity. Uh, They help charities, but they're not a charity, um, but I also think one of the struggles, you know, I've I've had a nonprofit now for oh my god 16 years with my kids sports organization, and one of the things that when we first started that I thought was a huge detriment was the type of inequality of people that we put on our board, because with the nonprofit mm-hmm. world, you know, um, they unfortunately they don't run like a uh, you know a, a, a traditional organization. You know, they have a board that makes many of the decisions. They may hire a CEO, and there's always this conflict sometime between the board and the CEO, CEO if there's not not uh, congruency between the two, or executive director, I think they call it. So there's got to be congruency. But it's, but a lot of times, it's, it's the quality of the people that you get on your board. And so sometimes, you know, if you, if you have to have a half a dozen people with the president and vice president and treasurer, whatever the mandates are these days, I'm not 100% sure. But sometimes we just try to fill a vacancy, and so we just get the first willing person to be on our board, but they may not be capable. Yeah. And, so, and so that's, that's a, a big struggle with so many of our nonprofits is just the competency of the people on their board. I remember when I used to run the Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce, uh, which I think Chamber of Commerce would be an incredible sponsor for your trip, by the way. Um, But when I used to run the Chino Valley Chamber of Commerce, that was the first thing I had to do when I come out. We had to fire the entire board because the people that they had on there didn't have the capability of getting us to where we want to go. And so they sort of thought inside the box, they they were very scarcity driven, not abundant driven. And and they, they actually were the pull from the mission as opposed to the fuel that, as opposed to the cause that fueled the mission, and so I, I do think that mission critical is important, but also the people that you have running your organization from a board level are incredibly important as well as far as whether you are successful in what you 're trying to accomplish or not
4: yeah that 's one of the dysfunctions of nonprofit is. You have the board that's legally um, in charge of the nonprofit, and then the executive director is supposed to sort of work for the board of directors. But the board of directors don't have any nonprofit management experience, so it's kind of this really dysfunctional structure. And I think one of the things that nonprofits are starting to do, and I work with clients, is setting up an application, setting up board, you know, volunteer board descriptions, mm-hmm. um, and really outlaying the the requirements before you bring someone on board and teaching it like like it's a job and it's like it's you know a privilege to be on the board.
1: I think that's such a wonderful way to look at it too like it's a privilege to be on the board and it's also um, you can get fired by your board as the founder so it's something that you definitely want to pick people that actually have the same commitment and the same drive and the same mission that you have and um, I love the application piece because it is like creating a whole Corporation, like it's, it's like a business, yeah. And you treat it like one, and it can be something that's extremely profitable for everyone involved. Yeah, you can always say something, something with the
2: boards <laughs> that that you know those who are listening that you know if they're trying to evaluate their board is what is the role of the board? And there is a um, there's a uh, you may have heard of this before, but there's a guy by the name of I think it's Carver. The Carver Method is what it's called. It's designed for nonprofits, and what it is, it's a training. For board of directors, for charities and nonprofits, and not so much for the not-for-profit, but charities and nonprofits, where they look at it, they can understand what the role of the board. And so, the role of the board is to design the boundaries of what the executive director or CEO cannot do. And as long, and then it gives the executive CEO all the freedom, all the privilege uh, to operate the organization in a manner as long as he doesn't violate one of those what we call boundary or guiding principles. But then, something that I think is incredibly important is. Um, once the board understands that their role is to set the boundaries, then their secondary role has to be something and so what you want to do is you want to be able to recruit talent on your board so like for instance, you may recruit somebody who 's just you know just an incredible fundraiser, and that 's just what they 're good. Somebody may have the connections so they 've got them on the board because they, of who they can be introduced to. You may have some people on the on the board because you know they 're great at you know the the uh, the finances and the you know, the tax law and everything, you know. So every, I also think that one of the mistakes that we make when we put boards together is we don't understand what roles we need in our organization. And so, A, we either feel like we got to go hire it, whereas sometimes you can get somebody on your board that can fulfill that need for you, save you a ton, a ton, a ton of money. And because they have a specific role, they actually are providing value to the board as opposed to just taking up a seat on the board. Mm-hmm. And those are two big So is your board an asset to your nonprofit, or is it a liability? And at least with the organizations that I've worked with, many of our boards are the liability of the organization, holding them back as opposed to the fuel that's making them grow.
1: Plus, well, well, I making sure they want to be on the board too isn't all.
4: And, and one of the things yeah. that I emphasize with with new founders is, well, first of all, when you when you get kind of the wrong people on the board, it's really hard to get them off. I mean, so <laughs> the first people that use first assignments is really 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 tricky. But I always say even though this feels like this is your baby and this is part of who you are and your identity, which every entrepreneur goes through. I mean, it it just becomes such a huge part of who you are, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit. I say this, you really need to take, keep the passion, but keep a healthy amount of detachment. You're really providing a service for the community. And as long as you just keep on reinforcing that detachment, um, you're going to be, you're not going to run into founder syndrome or a lot less than, that's a huge problem with nonprofits. Yeah.
3: Yeah, and just that thought too, like I think you were starting to say, on the flip side, you also want board members to feel like they're creating value and that it's worth having being there too. I, I've been on boards where, if there's not a, a clear mission or a clear understanding of what they need from me, then it becomes very hard for for me as a board member to create any value or to be a, you know effective at all. So I think that clear mission and the dis, you know I think job descriptions <laughs> for a board are just as important as job descriptions and expectations are for a company.
2: Yeah. So what happens is is if a board member doesn't know what they are supposed to do, they became the biggest pain in the butt. And they started doing know. I'm just like, because, oh. Because they want to become relevant.
3: Why are you looking at me? Right. I yeah. was not. I yeah, was yeah. totally
2: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a yeah. yeah. So those are the worst guys. So I love, the, I love the idea of having a specific job totally. description. Let me ask you, do you find with your nonprofits, um, I know a couple that I've been doing some consultation with recently, uh, like there's a, a group here in town called the Young Entrepreneurs. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Young Entrepreneurs or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's uh, it's one I've been doing some consultation with them, and their biggest struggle is finances. And they've got these massive names on their board that are bazillionaires, And I'm like, why don't you just make it a requirement that to be a member of your board, you got to like give five grand a year or something like that? Is that I don't even know if it's legal, but that was a I thought it was a really good idea because they got I think 16 members on their board. Well, it is.
4: It is. I mean, it is a requirement for actually a lot of grants that you have 100% participation, and then you can set that amount. So you. 5,000 is a lot, but, you know, it's not, it's not unheard of, I mean, depending on, on what it is to, to tell people exactly how much is expected before they come on board and, and say every single member contributes. And that's, that really is a grant requirement, so you can really tell them that. But they've, you know, I don't know, they've shown that generosity isn't, isn't generally related to income, so depending on how much money someone brings in, it really just usually not at all a determinant of how much they're going to give, unfortunately.
5: Um. Some of the things I deal with uh, at Club Red is uh, we get approached quite often. I'm on kind of both sides of the issue. I'm a contributor to nonprofits, and I'm also a nonprofit. But uh, we get approached quite often from nonprofits uh, to do charity events uh, for donations and stuff like that. And I would say about 95% of the people that approach us are running nonprofits, and after researching them, realize that they're just not running it properly properly probably because of a board, but mostly because people start nonprofits that probably shouldn't have started nonprofits. Their heart is bigger than their ability to, to do it. Uh, what are the thoughts on advising people to, instead of starting their own nonprofit, to seek out positions on boards or get involved with existing nonprofits instead of diluting the field?
4: That's one of the things with the Alliance of Arizona Nonprofits that they've really pushed is that there there are so many nonprofits in Arizona. If you have a particular cause or mission, to look at what other organizations are doing and to try to get on a board or to volunteer. So I think that's one way to divert them. I think I think sometimes people's, like you mentioned, heart or their ego can kind of get in the way and they have their own nonprofit. And there's always going to be people like that. I, I noticed when I first came into nonprofit, I thought everyone would have a huge heart and Really, you know, want to make a difference, and unfortunately, uh, kind of the nonprofit management um, area has kind of been pushed to be very logical and rational, and kind of keep heart out, kind of keep uh, kind of thought of as being weak. And so, I think there really has to be that middle ground between saying, you know, that I think that when people have a particular mission, that their purpose, that they're really passionate about, to really taking that and just using that uh, to help people to to grow professionally. What a great
1: way to just research what's out there already and see if you can align with them yeah. or even give them something that can actually make their cause even bigger. Yeah. And I think the experience of that, like I've, I've had a couple of businesses and one of the things that I've always done is gone out and worked in that industry before opening mm-hmm. something. Because I think there's something, you know, there's something about the awareness that we don't even know what we should be asking sometimes or what we don't know like it's it's just one of those spaces where it's just so much to learn and not until you're in it do you actually know the heartaches and the the situations that you're like okay now what do I do and I think one of the biggest pieces the finance like having someone on your board that actually mm-hmm. has a finance background could be such a benefit yeah. so mm-hmm. absolutely
4: I, when you look at your board you want to do something called a board matrix. So you just want to you know take a look at okay, do you need a law person, do you need an HR person, do you need a marketing person, a fundraising person, what kind of contacts, what how much they know about your nonprofit. So just want to take a and you want obviously people of all different ages and all different you know just all different uh, a variety, And that's one way just to make sure, especially when, when uh, nonprofits are first starting out, they have comf- something called a working board. So their board functions as their staff, and you just want to make sure they have a variety of people to, to refer to.
1: How often do you recommend to meet with your board?
4: Uh, it really varies. Um, I would say at the least once a month, and I would say at the most. I mean, when nonprofits are first getting started once a week, and sometimes you can do phone calls or you can do video calls instead.
1: How
5: do you work at Anthony? Uh, well, fortunately, with our nonprofit, it's, it's myself and my wife. And uh, our dogs don't yet have a position on the board. Good. good. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty easy. We meet daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as far as uh, our, our for-profit business for Club Red, um, we have uh, meetings, management meetings once a month. Um, I guess you could call them a board meeting, um, and also in staff meetings once a month where everybody gets the word coming down. And I think that might translate over to nonprofits as well because you have, you, in my opinion, you might have a disconnect between the board and the people that are actually out there on the street raising funds, standing in front of supermarkets, or doing the actual charity itself. I think it, it it's beneficial to, to have... Uh, Uh, meeting of the entire staff of your charity so they know exactly what the board is doing what your mission statement is and and direction
1: making sure everybody's still aligned yeah Yeah. it's like like family yeah it's like family meetings like okay is everyone still love each other (laughs) are we communicating (laughs) i think that's brilliant We're, ours are over poker and it's usually a good fight after that but it's just all in good fun so
3: we were aligned
1: <laughs> well luckily uh, and then
3: someone had an ace up their sleeve oh, and now I mean, it's all better totally it's off. usually
1: mom it's usually mom
3: <laughs> i can believe that
1: and she's gonna be 90 next year but she will rock yeah she's
5: just awesome at poker luckily our our, our business uh happens to have a bar so uh it's oh. our meetings tend to if they to be disagree over everyone a couple has a shot beers, and you know
3: becomes uh, a drinking game yeah.
5: Well, not necessarily, just, just enough to, to be honest, I think. Oh. So, you know, I, I don't hold anything. I have an open-door policy. Uh, you know, my employees all the way down from, you know, the security to bar staff uh, tells me exactly how they feel. And uh, I think that's also important is is not to have such a big ego that you think you can do no wrong.
1: How long has, um, or what's the duration of staff for you? Like, how long have they been with you?
5: Uh, with Club Red, uh, the core group, uh, I have... Uh, four employees that have been there for at least eight to ten years, um, but as far as security goes, and this is unusual in in uh, the industry, uh, most of the employees have been there for three four years.
3: Wow, that's awesome. So one of the things I know, you know, coming back to like the nonprofits that um, I think is scarier is the grant writing and yeah. even finding out how to what money is available and so is it important for a nonprofit or a board, you know, to get really good at that fast or hire somebody to help with that? How, how, to, go, how to go about getting that kind of money is kind of interesting to me.
4: Yeah, I think, um, I think in terms of fundraising and grant writing, um, I, I think that hiring people that are kind of specialized in that area, one of the things with, with especially grant research and fundraising, um, grant research... It has a lot to do with you researching the grantor, but a lot of it also has to do with your relationship um, with the grantor. And and you'll see that a lot of the more established grant writers and fundraisers, um, they have so many different relationships with all different grantors. And I think sometimes just even paying a professional that has those relationships really will pay off. One of the challenges that nonprofits run into is that not all of them, but uh, many of them, they require a previous 990. And uh, a lot of times they need to be in existence for three years. So they, you know, nonprofits immediately think, okay, I need to start doing fundraising, or I need to start doing grant writing. And um, they don't even have programs or impact or be able to have any statistics to be able to write any grants about. And then a lot of times they'll want them to have, um, you know, to have been existent at least a year or maybe three years. So um, there are some huge challenges for nonprofits starting out, and I think that if they can hire a contract basis or a part-time fundraiser or a grant writer that has that experience, there's a lot to learn. Everyone on the board should know a little bit about that, but I think um, those spe- specific areas is kind of best for people that are more specialized in that area
1: and I'm sure it also depends on where they are with their finances and if they have the time to actually do the investing and Maybe it is something that they want to do and, and create that to be part of their resume, you mm-hmm. know, as far as grant mm-hmm. writers. Because I think it's such a specific, and it's, it's very strategized. I mean, it's yeah. definitely something that has to be done a certain way in order for it to actually be even looked at. Yeah. So it's definitely something that you don't want to be wasting time unless you're really invested in creating that to be part of your...
4: Mm-hmm. Well, so... Revenue. You yeah. know, there's... Um, Capital. We have, luckily, for, for new nonprofits, they have really great resources with the Alliance of Arizona nonprofits and also ASU Lodestar which is the nonprofit school so you can always look at those resources they have um, they have a you know a grant database that you can not a whole lot of money you can subscribe to and then in uh, Phoenix we have something called the Foundation Center which is a national database um, it was at the Phoenix Public Library it's now at the Harmon library with it with it being flooded but you can go in there and that's that's a $800 Uh, subscription that you can look at for free and look at all the foundations across the country and you know quickly download and uh, get a whole list so with with a little bit of training I think anybody can do it but but I think just keeping in mind like you mentioned it is it is very specific grantors sometimes those relationships matter and sometimes just knowing specifically um, how to show social impact and how to put the right stats together in terms of a proposal in terms of Different things. It, it is a little tricky to learn that that whole that whole ling- language and business.
1: And Anthony, so, uh, you mentioned about your book too coming out. Um, what is going to be the name? Do you have a name yet?
5: Uh, yeah, it's uh, well, tentatively, it's the uh, uh, the guide to touring across America for the complete idiot. That's the working title right now. The complete idiot, yeah. not the no. partial <laughs> idiot. I like it. <laughs> The Idiot's Guide was already taken. So. <laughs> I'm
3: Partial wondering idiot. who's going to put themselves in the complete idiot. Before, I know. I mean, versus, I mean, I'm there for sure.
5: But Well, it's, like... it's true. I mean, uh, it, I, I, we don't know what we're doing. We've never done this before. We did That's the 5,000-mile awesome. trip, but uh, you know, it's, we're going to be out there blind. And hopefully the book and the, and the website is, is going to be a good resource for people to get out there and, and visit these museums that are, that are falling apart. Most of the museums that we saw were, or, or uh, historical sites were in such disrepair. And these are private museums. These aren't like state funded uh, museums that, that get millions of dollars. These rely on people walking in and giving five or ten dollars to repair roofs, to repair um, the grounds. And most of the people that are working these things are volunteers. Wow.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It's funny because I think when you think of the complete idiot and, and going into that um, space of the unknown, mm-hmm. it also takes a lot of courage and being brave. And I also want to say thank you because you also a military and, and thank you, thank for, you. The, for what you've done. So um, I think it's going to be a fantastic thing to watch and I can't wait to see the cars... Or the little car for the dogs like that that's probably my most exciting piece of this whole thing
3: and i've got two other dogs i'd be happy to <laughs> donate to the car <laughs> they want to go to my too. poor daughter <laughs> she's like no yeah well, for sure and with that We're said travelers.
1: it's actually the end of the show it's actually really Oh wait, can pleasure. we do happy birthday really quick oh my gosh everybody, right, go, is everybody go. in! Quick, quick, come quick. on
3: you gotta ready one don't leave me out here hanging on my own one two <laughs> three
0: Happy birthday, birthday to That's it. That's
5: it. <laughs> I think if we do any more, we have to pay royalties. Right? I know,
1: for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You I appreciate the you're? space. What's that? You going to tell us how old you are? Um, yep. Yeah. Okay. And we're off. <laughs> <laughs>